Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Middle, injecting soul into the everyday. Because margaritas and batchy are just as soulful as medis and self-care. With your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Hi, George. How has your week been? Hey, Hol. It's actually been a really good week. And I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying for the podcast. It's actually been great. You know, I've had a pretty rough month and a half and you know just everyday stuff but I just feel like I haven't been getting anywhere with anything yeah. and then I've just had a real breakthrough this week I just feel lighter I had a good cry on Monday I think it helped but I oh, just yeah. yeah I don't know I feel lighter and I've got some momentum and everything's coming up roses Everything is coming up, George. So (laughs) you said that having a big cry has helped. Is there anything else that's helped you, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I actually think the full moon this week was very helpful. It was a really different energy. It kind of injected a little bit of air into what has been a quite earthy and fiery time. So true. And also I've been off social, which it probably doesn't look like that to the listeners, but what I mean when I say I've been off social is I'll post something to Instagram and then instantly delete the app. Yes. Which I know sounds a little bit counterproductive because you're taking part in something that's not helping you. But at the end of the day, I still have to run a business. And so it was the noise that was getting to me. So I Mm -hmm. thought, how can I, (laughs) Virgo, how can I control this situation? And for me, it was, (laughs) for me, it was posting and then just having to actually remove it because I would find myself opening it not just a few times a day, but every spare second. And it was so unhealthy for me. I just had to remove myself from it. I Yeah, feels girl. I did the exact same thing this week. Like it was in the lead up and around my birthday where I was like, oh, this is just becoming a bit too noisy for me. Mm. And this week has been great because I've been way more productive. I've found myself going to my phone yeah. and then being like, oh, there's nothing for me to mindlessly scroll on. It's felt Excellent. It highlights it to you though, doesn't it? Like I had no idea how much I reached for my phone until I started Mm -hmm. reaching for it and the thing that I wanted wasn't there. Yes. And you know what? It also highlighted for me all of the shoulds in my usage of it. Like I should be posting something today. I should do a story while I'm at my birthday lunch. Like, I mean, on Sunday we spent the whole day together and I didn't do a single story about that at all. I know, it's crazy. I actually don't even know if there's a photo of us. Do you have a photo of us? Trent showed me some photos. I mean, they're not ideal. Oh, (laughs) they were late in the day, evening. They were later. They were after the rosé and the margaritas. Okay. Um, All right. All right. (laughs) It was so nice that I could just like mentally 
like capture everything, experience it. Like I did not have my phone on me at all that entire totally. celebration. Yeah. That was so, so good. It was, it was. It's funny, you know, like I, I have such a love-hate relationship with social, but really at the moment I just, for my mental health, and, you know, I'm pretty switched on with this sort of stuff. It's the noise. I just cannot cope with it emotionally, intellectually, and it's really tackling me spiritually as well, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've been feeling the same, Jord. And for me, it's been confronting because I'm recognizing that I am adding or have been adding to the noise. So I've been making a really conscious effort as to when I do show up and use especially Instagram, but we'll talk about other social media platforms through the ages, through the ages. But when I do show up on Instagram now, I really want to be considered and deliberate in the content that I'm sharing. I've gone through phases like this through time, but <laughs> now it's actually through the ages again. <laughs> but I feel it's like it's really sticking this time mm. for me. And I think a lot of people are feeling the same, George. And I don't know, what do you think has shifted? Has it been us as a collective are noticing the energy leaks more? Has it always been this way and we're just realising it now? What do you think? That's a really good point. I think it's a combination for sure. It's funny that you mention energy leaks because that's what it's felt like to me. It's felt like me leaking my energy, but I've also felt some very abrupt I want to say subconscious I don't think people are doing it consciously but energy leaks towards me on my platforms and I don't I don't like that feeling of somebody not being able to contain themselves and that impacting me because it's happening within my platform that that I seemingly should have control over and I don't yeah, and absolutely. I don't think that's I don't think that's a Virgo Moon controlling thing. I think it's like you build a platform to have your say, but the rules of social media are that everyone can have a say on your platform. Yeah, it's like it's your house, but anyone can come and graffiti it. Yeah, and it should be fine. Like you can graffiti on the side of my house, and I should be okay with that. And I can graffiti back, but should I erase the graffiti? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like a lot of the time people can dismiss or maybe forget the, I want to use the word courage, we're in Leo season, that it can take to be constantly putting your opinion and your voice and your face on a platform where you are open to criticism, but not just criticism because we all get our fair share of that, but also just an inundation of unsolicited advice, unsolicited here's my shit, tell me what to do with it, and a barrage of energy where if you're not really containing your own, it feels like a lot a lot of the time. That's what it's felt like for me. I mean, the funny thing about social media, you just asked me, like, do you think that this is a recent shift? If we start to look back through the ages, like you say, <laughs> yes. I wish I had researched the date, but what was your first social media platform? Does MSN count? Yeah, I guess so. It's the original social media, right? I was never on MSN. I was never allowed to be on it all through primary school, like year five and year six. Everyone was on MSN and like coming to school and talking to their crushes on MSN. And I was like, I'm not allowed on MSN and I'm also not allowed to watch Home and Away. <laughs> what? <I> know. <laughs> Mom, I don't know what the fuck that was, but I was allowed to watch Seinfeld and Friends, but not Home and Away. Like, Why? what is that? That's so weird. Vicky Heath would be appalled. <laughs> I know, I know. 
But anyway, so I wasn't allowed on MSN until later on in high school, but that was around the same time that MySpace came out. So did you ever use MySpace? I actually didn't, and I don't know if my friends did either. So I'm wondering if maybe MySpace was a thing once I'd left high school. I finished in 2001. What do you reckon? Yeah, absolutely. I forgot you think you're that much older than me. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to see my wrinkles? (laughs) You don't have any, and that is the problem. (laughs) I forget. It came out for me when I was about in year 10. Okay, yeah, that'd be right. Then maybe I missed the boat. But MySpace was fun because it was a way to connect with all of your friends, like your real-life friends. For me, I didn't have anyone on MySpace that I didn't know in real life. That was my experience of it anyway. Oh, of course. Yeah, Yeah. you had your top friends. And so you, like, ordered your – yeah, it's pretty heavy when you think about it. Like you literally had your top friends in order of preference. By your choosing or the yes. amount of interaction you had with them? No, you chose and <laughs> who your top friends were and you could have your top three, your top four, your top 20. Do you remember who they were? Oh, Leah was definitely up there and I'm pretty sure Jess and Em were up there too, but it would change depending. And then when I got into a relationship with Trent, he had to be number one. So cute. But MySpace is fun because you could have like a theme song on your homepage and you could like change the wallpaper and look, it was a wild ride. And it was quite music-based, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's way more music-based now when they started to die. Sorry, it still exists? Oh, yeah, MySpace is still around. Sometimes I'll just log in to see my old MySpace. Really? Uh, oh, my God, you yes. have to show me next time you're here. I don't even know I what will. MySpace looks like. Uh, look, it doesn't look the same. It's definitely not what it used to be, or maybe I've just forgotten that it wasn't, like, that great and I've built it up in my head. Okay, but this is what I remember. Sorry, I think this is why I said the music thing. Bands used to have MySpace pages, right? It was yes. almost like the first Facebook page in terms of, like, a business social. Yes. Exactly. And it had like notice boards and you could do quizzes and like it was really fun. It was okay. great. It was great. I actually got my first unsolicited dick pic on MySpace. Oh my God, congratulations. No, it was really heavy. I don't oh. think I actually process that. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we were having a joke. No, you're right. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Do you want me to clear Heavy. Stranger danger, kids. Don't accept messages from guys that look like they're models, but it was. No. <laughs> His dick was definitely not a mother. <laughs> <laughs> so then from MySpace we transitioned to? Facebook. Facebook? Yeah. yeah. When did Facebook come out? I don't remember when it came out, but I remember my friend Jimmy Hannon emailed me or messaged me and said, I've created a Facebook page for you. So he created them for all of us. Not a page, sorry, a profile. Yeah. And he had like some picture that he had. I don't know why he took it upon himself to do it. I don't know. (laughs) But he did. He set them up for everybody. And I said, oh, Jim, I don't know if I'm going to use this. And he's like, no, George, you're going to love it because it's a way to communicate with your friends when they're overseas. And I just left high school. So everyone was going overseas and, you know, traveling. And I was like, okay, what do I do on it? And he's like, well, people can post their pictures on there and you can see their pictures and then you can talk to them because Messenger hadn't happened yet. So you had to talk to each other on each other's walls walls or poke each other which was my favorite (gasps) way to flirt was to poke guys on yeah I hated when Trevor would get poked by like random chicks I'm (gasps) like what the fuck did he poke them back well I mean I don't know let's hope he didn't it's so (laughs) inappropriate really when you think about it like poking someone (laughs) (laughs) hey you pay attention to me (laughs) yeah fuck 
Yeah. Facebook for me was a real outlet and I get traumatized now when they do the, your status 10 years ago today. Tell me what kind of statuses were you putting up? Oh, I was that person who was like, is having a really bad day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people would be like, oh, why? And it's like, oh, nothing. I'll tell you in person. And it's like, <laughs> I was that. I know. It actually makes me feel sick. Sometimes I cry. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did a bit of that as well. But also it's it was our age, right? Do you think, I mean, they must do it now. Although the kids aren't on Facebook anymore. It's very much an older person platform now, don't you think? It's like, hi, Mary, great photo. We should catch up for a wine soon. How are the kids? Say hi. (laughs) Well, it is a little bit like the older generation. I'm not talking about my old generation. I'm talking about like (laughs) 50, 60-year-old generation. It's their way to stay in touch with their kids and the grandkids and also communicate with like long-lost school friends. I actually think it's really beautiful. I think it's beautiful when it's used that way. I think in the past, I definitely used it as an outlet for attention. And my dad would be in my ear all the time. He's like, oh, another selfie or like, what are you going to post today, Holly? And how many likes did you get? And that for me was my first foray into, I mean, I guess almost toxic use of social media. But now with Facebook, like I've gone from having about 1,500 connections to I really want to get it down to about 300 and I've been just unfriending Mm. because that's what it is. I've been unfriending a heap of people, not because they're not good people, but for me I'm going to be in a, well, I am at a stage in my life now where I'm going to be, you know, eventually having children and I want to be able to share personal experiences in my life with a tight-knit circle of totally. people who are really close to me rather than like the 1500 people like in my newsfeed I'll still get pregnancy announcements of people that I went to school with that I haven't seen in 10 years and that's such a special and important moment and I almost feel like I shouldn't see that sort of thing you know Holly I constantly have stuff come up in my newsfeed and I go who the fuck is that who is that I didn't even know that person. Yeah. So I unfollow too. It's funny, I've got like a whole lot of friend requests sitting there that I haven't accepted because I yeah. don't know these yeah. people. And this is where Facebook's got a bit blurry. I think, you know, you've got business pages and you've got profile pages and I get a yeah. lot of strangers, perhaps they're followers or listeners or whatever they are that request a friendship on my profile and I've gotten very, very strict with that like you where if I've met you one night out somewhere, I'm not going to request your friendship on Facebook as a means of communication. Yes. There's other ways we can communicate. I will only make connections with friends. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not going to invite you over to dinner, then I'm not going to add you as a friend on Facebook. And that sounds so fucking brutal. But no, I don't think so. I think it's just it's a boundaries thing and it's if you want to keep up to date with me and we can stay in touch if we've had a night out or whatever, then there's Instagram for that. There's actually using our phone, like text and phone call. Yeah. But the way that I see Facebook now is there's the business side of things, which is groups, which I love Facebook for, like yeah, our middle group the yeah? and the groups when we run programs, like that's an amazing way to connect. Mm. But then the personal profile is literally that for me. It's a personal profile. Do you use it though? Like I don't even use it. Nah, not really. Not anymore. It's so interesting. It's only been the last year, but rarely do I post anything. Aside from business, like let's just take business out of it because if I didn't have my groups and my pages on there, I'd actually probably delete Facebook because I I really don't use it. But you know what I love it for? Birthday reminders. It's the only way I remember people's birthdays. 
I mean, I unless know. their birthdays are repeated numbers like ours, six six. This eight, is true. But other than that, I've got a few friends on seven seven as well. But yeah, it's the only way I remember people's birthdays. Yeah, that's such a good point. That the birthday thing, and also, I mean, while I cringe at some of the memories. About 50% of them are also really great. Like this time last year, me and Jess were in LA and we just got invited to a party with Joey from 10 Things I Had About You. Like that was a year ago. No, that was four years ago. So, And I guess also like it's a really easy way to access your photos. I was talking to Ruby the other day, my best friend Rubes. She's gone into full nesting mode. She's about to pop out a baby. Hopefully by the time this airs, that baby's out. I'm going to go over there and force it out if not. But she's been putting together, Ruby was a big, photo taker when we were growing up and she actually um printed a lot of the digital photos that we had taken on our digital cameras and she's been putting them into albums over the last few weeks and um she was asking me about some of the photos that I must have taken and she's like where the hell are they and I was like I don't know I'm about four laptops deep since we would have taken them and I haven't transferred them over and we were like oh they're on Facebook like they'll be in our Facebook albums which the thing is that everyone can see them right but it is a nice way to keep everything because Instagram it gets lost in the feed oh yeah there's no saving the Instagram files unless you archive them Mm. so Speaking of Instagram, Mm. how did you start using Instagram and how did that transition to your relationship with it today? I remember it really well. I started using Instagram when I moved up, probably when I was up in Byron last time. And I remember I'd take a lot of photos of food because I had a blog called Berries and Scotch. I love that. Yeah. So I was Berries and the guy I was dating at the time was Scotch. And we used to go out for dinner all the time and I'd write restaurant reviews. It was very fun. Shut up. Um, And then we broke up and Scotch just had to be whoever I was having dinner with at the time. But I take lots of photos (laughs) of food and I remember hitting double digits of likes. So I got to like 11 likes and I was like. Huge. Huge. And I, I mean that genuinely. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Totally. And do you remember like all the filters, like everything was like Valencia or like <laughs> really kind of, I don't even remember what it would have been called, but it was very kind of like 70s vibe kind of like. I know exactly the one. Overly saturated. Yeah, Valencia was definitely my filter of choice for a really long time. But have you ever tried to put Valencia on now? It's not very flattering. We must have had slim pickings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that the filters have really come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> that said, I don't even tend to use filters on my pics anymore. Like when I'm uploading, I'll go into the, you know how you can choose the filters or you can just do it yourself. Edit. Yeah, I do it myself too. Yeah, I just feel like it's a more natural approach. What was your first kind of Instagrammy vibe? Well, the Instagram world for me is when I first started becoming really interested in wellness. So I also had a food blog. <laughs> Cooking with coconut. Please go find it. It's still active, guys. <laughs> I need to find blogins and delete. Like I always wanted to be a blogger. So before even Instagram was a thing, I had blogs like random fucking blogs. Like yeah, you have no idea. So same. then Instagram for me was like a blog outlet and then, you know. Do you know what you nailed in that cooking with coconuts? Is that what it's called? The bio, healthy living, happy taste buds. Oh, I mean, yeah, you definitely nailed the bio, but you really nailed the like up close pinch, pinching of food shot, you know, like where you hold Hand the food. holding the bounty bar. Yeah, like close up. So that was my first nail. Thank you. And then it just slowly transitioned from that into my personal journey into now 
business slash personal slash where do I draw the line because my business is my life and that is really the dilemma for me right now is how do I have boundaries where I love sharing everything that's going on in my world but at the same time it can be so incredibly depleting. I cop myself out when I say I need to be on Instagram all the time because it's my business but there are plenty of great businesses that are functioning just fine by using Instagram, but with boundaries, you know? Yeah. And boundaries are important. And I think they're important as the consumer of social media as well. So, you know, I think when you run a business on there, it just opens up another platform for people to be able to contact you. And while that's fine, I think the issue with Instagram and the direct messages is that people are sending you messages. They see you see it because that's one of the features. And if you don't write back straight away because you're busy, you've seen it while you're driving, or you simply don't want to be answering business questions on an Instagram social page, it's kind of frowned upon a little bit. I find a lot of pressure in it. It gives me quite a bit of anxiety. I've started forwarding people my email address if they want to talk yes. to me about business. But a lot of the time people ask me questions for things that they actually should be either buying a program for or yes. signing up for a mentoring session or coming to an event or yes. you know what it is. And, and that's hard as well because, you know, like neither of us are particularly salesy people. I want to continue that conversation, Job, by saying, I used to be like constantly on my stories and showing a lot of my life on my stories. And I got it from a few of my friends, not necessarily recently, more last year, where they're like, fuck, we haven't checked in on you in a long time because we just assume we know what's going on in your world because we watch your stuff every day. Or it feels like we've caught up because, you know, we watch your stuff every day. But in reality, we probably haven't spoken in like a month or six weeks. And it's like, Yeah. And while it may seem like my life is all documented on social, it's the tiniest snippet of what's going on. But people are like, oh, they're going to this place today and their podcast is doing really well and their business is great. I know exactly what's going on in their life. So I guess for me is if you do have a friend who is quite active on social media, you haven't checked up on them in a while, maybe do that because I did feel and I have felt quite isolated. It's my own doing, but because of the assumption of, oh, yeah, I know exactly what's going on in Holly's life because it's all on social media, you know? Oh, absolutely. It just happened to me with a friend of mine the other day. He's in Mexico and so that's the only way we really know what's going on in each other's lives. And he's like, everything looks great. Things are going really well, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, my God, of course, things are actually going really well. But there's been a lot that has not been going well the last month, you know. And, yeah, yeah. unless you check in and ask, you just don't know. I mean, I've made the assumption myself about people. Yeah, me too. Me too. We know the story. We know, oh, it's just a highlights reel, but it can seem really real. <laughs> I, yeah. I fool myself sometimes. I'm like, you're doing so well, George. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing is when you do take a hiatus, I've gotten there, is everything okay? Like I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Like I hope you're okay. And it's like I probably haven't been better, to be honest. (laughs) I'm out having some real fun in the real world. Yeah, there's so much of my life that is not seen and hasn't ever been shown. So I think that that's an important note. But what about this piece around influencer culture? And I know that we both have a similar aversion to the word, not saying that it's a bad thing. What is your, I guess, discomfort with it, Jordan? Look, I want to say that it's very easy to make generalizing sweeping statements about influencers. So I really don't want to do that. 
Totally. I like the idea of people being able to spread a message on a platform that everyone has access to and they if you trust that person and their influence then they're a reliable source for you like I actually quite like that I think it's very modern it's very cool I think there is quite a bit of and it's not everybody but there is quite a bit of inauthenticity that comes with it. But you wrote a beautiful post on authenticity this week. And I think maybe using the word inauthentic isn't the way to do it. I think the intention behind a lot of influencer culture isn't the right intention in that they're doing it to make the money because there is a lot of money to be made. And I don't know how genuine the words they say are or whether or not it's because they're getting paid to say it. And that's where the lines get a little bit blurry. I also think that I can be influenced by people with a much smaller following with a greater impact. So the numbers thing doesn't play a big role for me, but it does play a big role in the people that are going to get rewarded for what they're influencing. Did any of that make sense? It makes so much sense. The key parts that resonate most for me are first, the intention behind the post and for the most part, everyone knows, like it's easy to read whether someone is genuinely in support of a brand or a product or something that they're sharing because they genuinely love it, whether they get paid for it or not. I actually yeah, think it's okay. Sorry. It's not about being paid. But if you don't like something and you get paid to say you do, that's where I have an issue with it. But if you do yeah. like it and you get paid, well, that is amazing. Good on you. How great is that? That's so great. <laughs> modern day advertising. And I think a lot of the time, like, just people who do get paid for their sponsored posts can cop some slack. And it's like, hang on, they're creating a lot of free content for you, right? We wouldn't be sitting down watching television without ad breaks. Like people who create content deserve to be paid for it in some way if you're consuming it. So Mm. fucking power to them if they're, you know, generating an income off advertising on their page. I think that that's fine. You're right. It's the intention behind it are you genuinely using that product or that brand or is what you're supporting actually of detriment to people like those skinny teas and you know all of that shit is like oh absolutely not so I think that there's also that dangerous line but the other thing around this whole why do I cringe at influencer and I think it's what you said it's because Everybody is influential in their own life. Every single fucking person. You could have 10 followers and what you're sharing really impacts them and is really influential to them. So so what what word would you use instead? Because influencer makes me want to cringe as well. I think someone's tried to call me that one time and I was like, absolutely not. I called myself it on my website once or something. Did you? What did you yeah. say? I'm a social influencer. <laughs> no, fucking not. Well, I'm assuming something what do you think uh influencers should be called well this is the thing i don't know and that's why the- <laughs> <laughs> recommenders 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 they're recommenders right because everyone is influential but not everyone gives records <laughs> i think we need to just talk about this super quickly because you and I spell reco differently you spell it with a double c and i spell it with one c and because we made the word up we can spell it however we like but do you want to agree on a way? you got to sell to me why you spell it with two. I think we need to do a poll and see what the listeners okay. think. Like, idea. would you spell reco with one C or two? I just think like reco with one C is almost French. It's like reco. That sounds <laughs> Italian. I mean, recommendation has two Cs in it. I get why you did it. I don't know why I only put one C. 
you just opted to drop a C? Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to abbreviate it as much as I could. Sorry. Back to word for influencers. But I know I want to talk about the benefits because there are actually such benefits to Instagram. I, I feel like it gets a bad rap a lot of the time. And yes, we've spoken about those parts of it, but social media is such a good bridge for connection, in-person connection, but also connection for people who maybe are, you know, living in rural outskirts and don't have that in-person luxury or even connecting with people that you admire and being able to have that bridge to them that's more easily accessible. Yeah, of course. It's great. I mean, I honestly, like I feel so clouded because I can't, I don't actually have a social platform that doesn't involve my business. I don't know what it's like to use social when you're not trying to promote something. That's actually so true. Is it fun? I'm sure it is. It'd be great. Tell me all about it. Like, actually, I don't know. (laughs) How is your experience of social media when it's your personal profile and not for anything other than your personal? That I would love to know. Sounds like a dream. Sounds so fucking easy. Yeah. Right? Not to discredit the fact that social has made running a business so fucking easy. Well, it's free marketing. It's free marketing and advertising. Yeah. So it's free marketing and advertising. And honestly, most of my business and even like people who have found the middle, our listeners, people who come to our events in our circles, it is because of our social platform. So I'm so fucking grateful for social for that reason. And this is why it's that discussion of meeting in the middle and going, yeah, there's this side to it, but there's also this side. And I love it, but also it kills me sometimes, you know? Yeah. I think that if we had to sum up everything we've been saying, I think that having real self-awareness around how you interact with social media, what you take on, how much you use it, and what role you're going to play in it because you've got to take responsibility for your own role in it. So I guess for me, I've decided that, yeah, I still need to keep posting. I don't have to keep checking. I don't have to respond to everybody. That's not my role. And if deleting the app is the only way for me to do that and still keep my business afloat, then that's, that's how I'm going to do it for a little while anyway. I feel the same as you. And the word that comes up for me is intention. What is your intention when you're scrolling? What is your intention when you're following someone or when you're muting someone or when you're watching someone's story? Or what is your intention when you are posting and sharing? And if you can come to a place of really aligned, authentic intention, then that's all you can do. Then that is going to change. So to finish the conversation, George, what do you predict the future of social media is going to be? To be honest with you, I hope it doesn't disappear. I think that social media has brought a lot of positivity and, yeah, there are a lot of downfalls with it. I am hoping it moves a little bit away from the metrics of social, so having to compare your metrics with somebody else and we're kind of seen on a little bit more of an even playing field. I don't know how that works for business though. I'm not sure. I'm hoping there's some sort of new something that my little tiny tech brain can't foresee. What do you think? I feel video is the way of the future. It exhausts me thinking about that. Yeah, I feel that people like watching other people do shit as opposed to reading captions and seeing pretty pictures that are heavily filtered. Like, and I love it because I love video, but also it it will be a lot. But I do think be it a resurgence of YouTube or YouTube hasn't really gone anywhere or some other kind of video heavy platform, 
But for me, I actually also sense there's going to be a transition into more in-person connection. So using social as the bridge to the in-person, which is incredibly powerful. I've met some of my best friends in the world on social and I hope that that side of it continues because that's that's really special. Yeah, I I have too. That's very true. Great chat, Holly as a party. Yeah. Girl. Wellness influencer. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Hashtag with coconut, healthy living, happy taste buds. <laughs> what kind of influencer would you call yourself now if you had to call yourself an influencer? Like what would your beginning be? Woke, AF, body-loving, cool chick. Yeah. What would yours be? That was lame. I'm sorry. Mine would be... Moon influencer, are you kidding? That was so easy. It's right there for you to grab. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just really embarrassed about cooking with a calculator. You say you should be. I hope everyone goes and finds it. I'm going to get a surge of followers and it's going to make a comeback. <laughs> you guys can all make my raw bounty bars. But do you know what the problem with that is? Can I just say? It's yeah. so ridiculous. I'll just make up, like I'll just wing these recipes. Like yeah. it was totally intuitive cooking. And then people would be like one person, be like, oh, great, what's the recipe? And I'd be like, I don't use measurements or anything, so just take these ingredients and make it. <laughs> That's the sign of a good cook. I like That's it. That's the sign of a great food influencer, just saying. You're amazing. All right, Recos, hit me whole. What you got this week? I'm going to check you and I'm going to wreck you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I got gifted a beautiful present. I got many nice presents on my birthday. And one, this gift is from Jess, resident (laughs) mention on the podcast regularly. Yeah. And she got me a beautiful piece of jewelry. It is beautiful. And I was looking around for records this morning. I'm like, oh, fuck. This woman, her name is Natalie Marie. So it's Natalie Marie Jewelry. And that's like her Instagram page. Subscribe to our newsletter and you'll be able to click through. I've been following her work for years and years and years and years. She's a Northern Beaches in Sydney-based chickie who's just blown up. Thanks to Instagram a lot lot of it, I believe. Oh, my gosh. She's got lots of followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does handcrafted fine and bespoke jewellery. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. The engagement ring was actually designed by Trent, but based off of a Natalie Marie design. I've had her rings on my vision board since I was about 20 and she does stackable rings. She does fine rings. She uses a lot of precious gemstones and crystals in her pieces. So the ring that Jess got me for my 30th is a sunstone, um, but she uses everything. And she also does earrings, fine necklaces. Her pieces are stunning, George. Stunning. Yeah. It was just an obvious record for me. I'm like, oh, people just need to know about her stuff because yeah. they are beautiful. And you're in the market for an engagement ring, print out some of her stuff and stick it on your board because it really works. <laughs> or you could just pin it. Holly's not a Pinterest <laughs> gal, but instead of wasting paper and printing it out, just pin it to your engagement Pinterest board. That you've got on private because you're not in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What ifs? I'm sorry. <laughs> so I work from home, as do you, and yeah. I like my home to smell nice and also I like the smell of my home to make me alert. So <laughs> I often <laughs> diffuse or burn essential oils in the house. And yeah. I know there's a lot of people that love doTERRA oils and I've got a lot of doTERRA, but there's other really good oils out there that are made in Australia and are a lot cheaper. Sorry, Doz. That's what I call doTERRA Just. for sure. <laughs> Doz and yours. doTERRA yeah. and Young Living and Doz and yours. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's a essential oil brand that's at all major health food stores. You guys would know it if you saw it. It's the blue label. It's called Springfield's. And they've got a lot of good single oils, like, you know, all your classics, but they do so many beautiful blends. And there was a blend that I bought specifically to burn at the launch of Make It Happen because I wanted the room to smell really nice. And it was called Heart and Soul. And I diffuse it at home now. And God, I'm just obsessed with the smell. I find blends can be a real gamble because when you smell a blend in a bottle, it can smell really good. And then when you start to diffuse it or burn it, it becomes overwhelming. And sometimes yeah. I find them so sickly that I want to vomit. Do you yeah. get that with blends? Yeah, it can give you a headache. And yeah. it smells differently on you as well if you're like wearing it and Absolutely. it smells different on different people. Yeah. And also on that note, I know some people don't like burning oils. They'd much rather diffuse. But there's something I really love about an oil burner. I've not ever used one before. Oh, I love it. I think it makes it smell a bit different. Anyway, this one has frankincense love hoe leaf cedar wood rose geranium and orange so it's quite citrusy but a little but bit woody. woody as well and then the sweetness of the rose it's Ooh. really nice guys it's called Yum. heart and soul is that mixed in with anything else or is it just the pure no, it's oils pure essential oils they're Fucking australian yes. i love it and this one it doesn't say it's not organic but the website said that springfield's are organic i just bought the lavender like single oil the other day and that one was organic but they're really beautiful and they're local so get on that and they're cheap like recos. Too. look at us just pulling these recos out of nowhere out of thin air so everybody we are doing one reco a week on the potty but we're always going to put an extra reco in the newsletter so you'll get you yeah. still get four recos a week you get four recos, two on the potty and two bonus in your inboxes. Yeah. So, Hull, are you going to teach us something new this week? What are you teaching us? I'm teaching us all about our intuition, George. Ooh. I'm really excited about this conversation because it's something that we all have an innate ability to tap into, but we're never taught how to use it. When someone says, oh, I just got a feeling about that. How do you know that that feeling is your intuition versus fear versus anxiety versus, you know? So that is what I'm teaching today. Okay. I guess where I want to start is by saying that, yes, we've all got an innate intuitive ability. And that is intuition is the sense of just knowing. So for instance, you might meet somebody and you just get an intuitive sense, oh, that person's going to be in my life for a long time. Or on the other end of the spectrum, or for some reason, I just feel off about them. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And this is your way of picking up intuitive signals and reading energy without you even consciously being aware of it. Now, the more that we can use and consciously use our intuition, the more that we're going to strengthen that muscle. And that's what intuition is. It's like a muscle. So if you've gone through your entire life living up in your head, weighing the pros and cons and everything, living from fear, I mean, why are you laughing? <laughs> because like, I feel like you're describing me to a T. <laughs> then your connection with your intuition is going to be harder to tap into, mm. right? And that's okay. The exercises that I give you today are like your squats. If you want to build a juicy, perky, intuitive ability, you've got to do your squats. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. Right. So 
The first thing is we want to know what intuition actually feels like in our body. So we want to know intuition lives in our heart and in our gut. Intuition does not reside in our head. Okay. So when we are going to make a decision about something and we catch ourselves weighing up or worrying, we know that we're not in intuition because intuition is just a sense of knowing. And you can all relate to a moment in your life where you've had clarity over something and you just know. That's intuition. So what I want to ask you all to do is listening right now is just find yourself a comfortable seat at some point. doesn't have to be now, but it can be. If you're driving, and I want you to, please don't do it right now. If you're driving, just like flag this for a moment. But I just want you to breathe into your body. So you're breathing in through your nose and you're just sighing out, connecting with the breath. And I want you to put a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly. And as you sit here breathing, I want you to think about a time in your life where you have felt really inspired and excited and expansive, all of those really filling words. That's what I'm going to (laughs) say. What words? (laughs) Feeling, you know, they feel juicy. I was trying to be fucking serious here, but let's sorry, sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. No, sorry, it's sorry. no, no, no. It's so fine. This is what the middle's about, right? What I'm trying to get at, guys, <laughs> is you have the ability to tune in to your heart and your gut and to emotions that are connected with intuition. Sorry, at any time. sorry. It's so fine. It is so fine. <laughs> you know, the feeling feels. Yeah, I feel very full of feelings right now. And that's what we want to do. We want to disconnect from the head and tap into what I'm signaling with my hand, if you could see me, is below the throat and down. How does your body feel when you are tuning into a moment where you felt excited? Do you have goosebumps? Do you feel a little bit of butterflies in your tummy? Like what are your bodily cues of an experience that feels like a yes? Now, that is what intuition feels like when it comes to a yes. Your body will tell you when something is a yes and when it isn't. When something is a yes with intuition, your body feels expansive. It feels excited. Maybe you get goosebumps. Maybe that's your sign. Maybe that's like a strong yes, you know? What's your sign, Hall? My sign lately has been goosebumps. I've struggled with goosebumps for a really long time because that's most people's things. Now, to be honest, for me, I'm in a relationship with my intuition where I just know. I do not need to feel into my body to just know that what I'm getting delivered is the truth. And I want to almost suggest that your intuition, it doesn't necessarily come as this clear image or this clear visual or this clear sign in your body. It can sometimes just be the voice in your head that is going over and over again and telling you something, even though it defies all logical sense, because that's the other thing. Logic and intuition often butt heads. So for instance, intuition is telling me some things in my life right now to make drastic changes to my business that defy all logical sense. In fact, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And that's when people can doubt their intuition because they feel like they're being guided in a certain direction, but it actually doesn't make fucking sense. Mm. That's when you know it's intuition. And the key to growing this muscle is to trust in what you're being delivered, to follow through anyway, even though it's like, what the fuck is going on? And knowing that intuition will never, ever, ever lead you astray. The best piece of advice I got about intuition was from Zoe Bosco and it changed the intuition game for me. 
She's like, sometimes intuition will lead you to a place that doesn't look like you thought it would on paper. It doesn't mean that your intuition was wrong. It just means that your intuition led you to a new place of learning. And I've had that happen so many times, let's say with a person where you're like, yeah, I've got a really good feeling about this person. I should definitely, you know, go a little bit deeper into this. And your intuition is like so strong. And then you do and it doesn't work out. And you're like, how did I get that so wrong? You didn't get it wrong. It led you exactly where you needed to be. Yeah. And the lessons you needed to learn. Yeah. And that's why we need to start trusting more. It doesn't mean it's always going to work out for the best, but it's going to give us the lesson that we need. That's the power of intuition. Yeah. And this is where when you're comparing intuition to something like anxiety or fear, how do I know what that is? Well, that anxiety resides in your head. Anxiety and fear are the questions of what if this happens? What if this happens? You know, like you can disconnect from the noise in your head and drop into your heart and your gut. That is intuition. Now, in another episode, I spoke about journaling and that's a really great way to start to communicate more with soul and your intuition. So go and have a listen back to that app if you feel like you want to open a dialogue with your soul there. And there are so many other tools where you can, you know, develop intuition and intuitive abilities. Things like oracle cards. I want to talk about that though. So, For someone like me where, yes, I did practice as an intuitive reader and I give card readings or used to give readings for, you know, my job, what maybe isn't recognized or seen is before I did that, I went and did a five-day intuitive reading intensive up in Byron Bay from nine in the morning till six o'clock at night, reading people, learning how to protect my energy, getting all of my skill sets honed. I then did a three-month online program learning about all of the different intuitive abilities, skills, how to hold someone else's energy while holding my own. And even then I still had fuck-ups. So what I want to say to this bit is absolutely use the cards for yourself, but If you're feeling like, I'm going to do a reading for my friends, just be very fucking wary and careful, yeah? There's a really, really thin line. And unless you are really contained in your energy and your ability to hone in your intuition and what you're actually reading for somebody else, it can actually do more harm than good. Yeah. So I guess the lesson here is your intuition is for you. It's not for somebody else. Bang on. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are finding that the more that you open into your intuitive abilities for yourself and you're interested in learning more about downloads for other people or whatever, there are many courses, there are many things you can do to learn more, but don't just go out on your own and do it because it's dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like really scary, but it can be dangerous. But just outside of a, you know, like work environment, I guess, essentially, if people are like, oh, I'll do this reading for you. Just like even with your friends, like I know there's been times where someone has said to me, oh, no, intuitively, Jord, I think you should do this. Like my intuition is telling me that this is how you should proceed. Oh, no. I definitely follow that. I do it with you all the time. I'm like, yeah. intuitively, yeah. what do you think? But yeah, it's got to be what intuitive. Yeah, but it's also got to be intuitively what I think at the end of the day. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's such a good point because if you're outsourcing intuition to other people, yeah. then you're not <laughs> trusting your own. Yeah. And then that defeats the purpose because yeah. nobody has access to your intuition, but everybody has it. And it's, yeah, just practice it. Start small, right? Maybe it's a little niggle around, oh, intuition keeps telling me to take dance classes, which it fucking does. And I keep putting it off. I'm just going to follow through and do it. Right. Or maybe it is something big because here's the thing. You ignore intuition time and time and time again, universe comes in and takes care of it for you in ways that are much more 
oh, less comfortable, I guess, than if you were to have listened to intuition in the first place, like the big drastic things like leaving a job or leaving a relationship or, you know, if intuition is telling you and you're ignoring it, it's only a matter of time before universe rips the rug out of your feet anyway. Intuition used to rip my arm out of the shoulder socket. Literally. Times. Literally. Every time read. I ignored it, I would dislocate my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Every time I ignore it, I get an adrenal flare up. And it's like, fuck. But this is the thing. You're also going to skin your knees and it will always bring you back on track. So that was a little long-winded way of saying you've got intuition. Use it. Yeah. Well, just practice, right? Like baby steps. Baby steps. That's cool, man. It. So we'd love to hear about what you feel the new movement is on social media. Like I'd love to get people's insights on that or what they want to see that they're not getting or where there's room yes. for improvement. Yeah, and how do you use it and what, how have you created boundaries in your own experience of social? I'm so fascinated with this conversation because we only have the one-sided lens of our experience. So opening it up. Yeah, exactly. I think it's great. And also we're just interested to know like from a business perspective, I guess, what you expect from the social accounts that you follow because I certainly don't expect to post every day. No, I don't. I couldn't tell you who posts every day or who doesn't. Although I do get upset when CoStar doesn't post every day. I love CoStar yeah. so much. Yeah. So just before we go, Hole, I have a bit of a bone to pick with you. <laughs> okay, what have I done now? You know that book that you recorded a few weeks ago, How Do You Like Me Now? Yes, I know where you're going with this. Really good book. Like I loved it. I couldn't put it down. But I think it's really important to say that you and I are nothing like that main character and I don't know what gave you that impression, but I think it's really important that we tell the listeners that. <laughs> no, I appreciate that and I think you're right. I like afterwards I'm like, I'm not like her and neither's George. I was in a hypercritical state of myself and the way that I've been using social, to be honest, and so I was like, oh, I don't want to be like that because I'm heading in that direction, but you're right. We're definitely not like her. No. She's a little unhinged. Well, yeah, but she was very unhinged and she also had an eating disorder and she had real body dysmorphia and <laughs> she had a lot of, so she was in an abusive relationship and there were just zero parallels except that she'd written a book and she was in the personal development world. So I just want to make that super clear to people in case they're at home going, oh, I didn't know that about Geordie and Holly. Like that's an yeah. interesting tidbit. <laughs> Now you guys have got an insight into the way that I see myself. <laughs> and me. Heavy. And you. <laughs> the way you see me. Fuck. Nah, it's, no, it's, I know, heavy. I'm sorry. It's still a great book. It is. Read it. It's really, it, it is really, really it's good. It's really fucking good. It's really good. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Party and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast Show and follow us on Instagram at the underscore middle underscore podcast catch you on the flip side Woo! head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe check out the new documentary freaknik the wildest party never told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.